see this most right now is on Instagram and Facebook, TikTok, comment sections, groups, people who start a business who think that they are making a difference by, I don't know, by getting onto a group and by saying, okay, I got this question about this or I'm dealing with this problem within my company. So much I wish people would have told me during that time. There's so many things that I wish they would have said to me, but they didn't. People are not going to like you. And that's going to be something that tells you you're doing something and a path you're doing that you should continue on. All right, welcome everybody to the Patrick Carr Show. Very special episode here for you today. Listen, when you, uh, when you decide to start a small business, don't you wish there were some things that people told you? Or maybe when you decide to go to college and you wasted that four years on a liberal arts degree, don't you wish there were some things that people would have said to you before you went and did that? You know, I remember when I went to college, uh, the first time at University of Florida, the first time on campus, um, they, they basically put a piece of paper in front of you and they tell you, here you go, this long list that's about like this. And they would say, hey, go ahead and pick your degree. Pick what you're going to do for the next four years. And you look through these hundreds and hundreds of potential majors, everything from veterinary school to being a doctor and, of course, business. And they expect you to pick one right there, 17, 18 years old. And that's exactly what I did. I just picked a business degree and I just went with that. And uh, that kind of shaped the next four years of my life, this one little decision. There is so much I wish people would have told me during that time. There's so many things that I wish they would have said to me, but they didn't. Instead, I kind of had to figure it out on my own. So why do I mention that? Well, when you get out of college and you want to go ahead and you want to start a business, there's all sorts of things you wish people would have told you right from the beginning. Unfortunately, they didn't, did they? Um, unfortunately, a lot of times when you want to start a business, you're going to fail over and over again. And there are things that you wish people would have just said to you so you could have avoided those things. Or there are things that you feel in your heart, but you're like, am I the only one that feels that way? And it begins to play a little bit of a game on you because you begin to feel alone. So the point of this today, what I really wanted to touch on is the things that I wish people would have told me when it comes to starting your own small business. The things that I wish people would have said and warned me about, what I wish they would have, I don't know, I wish they would have just sat me down and told me this is all part of the process and these are the various, I don't know, the various steps you could have taken to avoid some of that heartache that is out there. So here we go. These are the steps. These are the processes. These are the items or the list of things that I would tell you if you're smart at starting a small business that are actually important. And none of them are going to be a CRM or none of them are going to be about the product that you use. These are universal. Take them as you will. Learn from them. Throw some of them away, but they are yours to use here from the Patrick Carr Show. All right, let's jump into it. All right, I got my list right here. Number one, if you're going to go and you're going to start a business, if you're going to do anything in my life actually worth doing, you're probably going to be lonely doing it. Yeah, you know, there's this, there's this thought out there when you see people on Instagram and you think that they're successful, that those individuals have a bunch of people around them and therefore it, it must be something that when you start a business or that you become successful that you're, you're going to end up with a lot of people around you in this life that is glamorous with, I don't know, people waiting on you and all this stuff. It's not that way. 
It's a very lonely life. And you should be used to that. Because when you get lonely, you get into your own thoughts. We too often put people around us and we put distractions around us that prevent us from getting into our own head. And that's a powerful place to be. Because when we dig into our own head, we dig into our imagination um, as men, as women. And that imagination breeds creativity. And with that creativity, we learn about what we can do differently than the competition around us. That's why it's lonely, everybody, because you're so dug into what you're doing. When you're passionate about something, you forget about what's around you. You get really dug into it, and that's where you get into here, and things get real quiet. When you know that things are going well, things are quiet in your head. You're not worried about the distractions of friends and family and all the people who want to tug on your coattails. What you begin doing is it gets lonely, and sometimes that can mess with you because you start to believe, is this the way that it should be? Shouldn't I have a bunch of people around me supporting me and telling me good job? No. The only people that are going to support you is after you've already succeeded. Let me repeat that. The people that will support you are those after you've already succeeded. No one will be there during the process to tell you good job, data boy. They're only going to go ahead and tell you that once you've done what you set out to do. You should expect that because it will be lonely. You're not alone in that. There's a lot of entrepreneurs that feel that way. If you're getting into business because, man, I really want to feel the love from people around me, you are going to live a very unfulfilled time as you build that company, that business, that reputation, that brand. All right, I want to take a quick break from the show to tell you about my friends over at ProLine. Now, if you have tried to follow up with your potential customers or follow up once a customer signs up with you, you know it can be a tedious process. One of the best ways to do it is through text messages. But let's be honest, if you've got 20 deals going at one time, you can't follow up with everybody. ProLine solves that problem and they do it better than anybody else does it. What do I mean by that? Well, normally if you do, if you do an automated text message, what does it look like? It looks like it comes from a computer, but what if you had these messages that are going out to people that you want to be your potential customers and they don't look like they're from a computer, they actually look and feel like they are from a person. You're able to touch your potential customers over and over again without having to put in that tedious work, finding the paper person in your CRM, trying to follow up. I'm telling you right there, that right there costs money and time in your business. I was talking to my friends over there, they told me a story about a rep who had an individual go into the hospital, a customer of theirs. They were afraid they weren't going to remember to go ahead and contact that person while they were there and while they got out of the hospital, but they wanted to let them know that they cared. And what they did is they set the reminders within ProLine. ProLine sent out automated texts like it was coming from them, telling that customer they hoped they were doing well and that they were going to be there for them once they got better. Now, some people would say, hey man, that's just an automated text, but to that customer, they felt special. They felt important. And that is how you gain customers for life. And more importantly than that, that's how you gain their trust. ProLine is doing that for companies across the country. So if you want a better way to interact with your customers, a way that feels personalized and you don't have to put in that work all the time to remember what to do, ProLine has got you covered. They integrate with your CRM. They're going to become an incredible part of your sales process. You need to head over to useproline.com. Again, that is useproline.com. Go ahead and put in the code CAR50 and that's going to give you 50% off that first 
first month of the pro package. I stand behind these guys and I'm telling you, you're gonna love the service too. So if you're tired of those texts that look like they're automated and you want them all to come from your work number, so you don't have to bother with different numbers and different phones, crazy good. And you need to go over to useproline.com. Again, useproline, put in that code CAR50, let them know that Patrick sent you over there. Now back to the show, everyone. All right, let's move into number two, all right? This one is great because when I first got into my first business when I was 24 years old, I thought, man, finally, I'm going to be my own boss. No more working for somebody at Pizza Hut. No more being at Gainesville Country Club and you know taking people's orders. No more being a waiter. No more doing any of this stuff, all right? I'm going to be my own boss. And what you figure out quickly is you don't have one boss. You got 20. When you have a business, all right, you work for everybody around you. You work for your clients, you work for employees, you work for your HR director, you work for the person who does your insurance, everybody, you work for them because it's your job to keep things running. It's not your job to tell people and boss them around. It's not your job to tell your client what you're doing or what they're doing wrong. You work for them. Somebody else allows your business to succeed, not you because you can't do everything. So remember, when you get into this, don't be thinking, man, it's a power trip. Don't be thinking, hey, listen, it's all going to be about me. People will bow down to my feet in some odd, godforsaken way. What you do is you have bosses. You have people that you work for. It's not a one-boss system. It's going to be 20 bosses when you get into business for yourself. All right, moving on. People are not going to like you. Get used to it. Because anything worth doing in life is going to have people that are not going to appreciate it. If you're actually doing something that's worth a darn, there's always going to be somebody who thinks it's worth a darn doing in a different way. And that should tell you that you're on to something. Because if everybody likes you, if everybody thinks you're great, then are, what are you really standing for? What is your company changing? What perspectives are you offering that currently are not there? That's when things get fun. If you have a few people that say, ah, you know what, this guy's kind of rubbing me the wrong way, his product or company, he's going against the grain a little bit right now. Well, then you know what? Maybe you're on to something right there. People are not going to like you. And that's going to be something that tells you you're doing something and a path you're doing that you should continue on. Remember that. Don't try to get everybody to like you. That's not what's important. Changing the world in a positive way, doing something that's going to add benefit to others' life, that's a greater purpose worth achieving than simply people liking you on a daily basis. When you hire people for your company, I wish somebody would have told me that most people suck at almost everything. Think about it. How many people are really great at selling a product as well as installing it? How many people are great at answering phones as well as organizing a meeting? Or how many people are great at throwing a football as well as blocking for the quarterback? Not many. Zero, everybody. What it is actually is that people are great at one particular thing, maybe two in life. And if you get somebody who's great at one thing, then keep them doing that great thing. Don't try to make them great at everything. Because they are great at one thing and that's good enough. It's hard to find somebody who's just that. I mean, gosh, how many great Tom Brady's come around every now? What, one in a century? So if you can find someone that is that great sales rep, you can find someone that is great behind a camera, you can find someone that is, an, a, a, I don't know, a great swim coach and you need that at your university, then you know, go ahead and let them be great at that. Don't try to force them to be great at a lot of things because you're going to lose what makes them special. 
All right. Because I said earlier that things are lonely, what will happen in your business, and this is normal, and this is why I want to point this out, is that you will question yourself. You'll constantly question yourself. You'll wonder if, did I do this? Should I be doing this? Was that the right decision? I don't know, man. Should I even do this at all? Should I just give up? These kind of questions are normal questions and ones that you'll find in life are very rare to be able to discuss with others because other people aren't going to have those problems. People that work your nine to five in HR for a Fortune 500 company aren't going to wonder about that. Your people that work in a government job per se, maybe their paycheck is going to be consistent. They're not going to have to be concerned. It's, it's, a, very thing, it's a thing that's going to, to mess with your head day in and day out because they're going to have so few people who understand that predicament that you find yourself in almost all the time. This is what takes a huge toll on relationships, both with yourself, your spouse, um, religiously with your God. These, this question, this constant going back and forth, this, this maybe this conversation that you have in your head. And I think what really messed with me is I wondered, am I alone in that questioning? Should I really be every day wondering, is this worth it? Is this sacrifice something I should be doing? And the answer is yes, it is. And no, you're not alone. So when you start to feel that way in your car and you're laying in bed or you're up late at night and you're, damn, man. I don't know, this is, this is two years I've been doing this. Is it worth another year of the grind? Absolutely it is. And here's the reason. is because if you give it up, if you decide to mail it in, it's going to be you that you have to live with. And the pain of regret is far greater than the pain of sacrifice. And when you make that sacrifice, what comes at the end is a fulfillment in your life as a man, woman, husband, sister, brother, because then you are able to show the people around you what the true meaning of giving something to, to a path worth taking and achieving it. And that'll teach a son or a daughter a lesson that they will never forget. And so will giving up and giving in to those questions that you have. Balance is a facade. You know, anybody that's ever been great at anything, they've not been balanced in their life. They've had to have things that they sacrifice. So if you're going to get into an interpersonal relationship while you start a business, understand it will probably suffer. Be with a person that understands that it's going to suffer. That man or that woman next to you is going to have to understand there will be late nights and times you can't go on dates. There will be people and opportunities that take precedent over those relationships at various times. And they will tell you or they perhaps will that, boy, you know what? Um, you know, you don't have a lot of balance. Your friends will tell you that, Hey, you know, man, it's been two weeks. Just come out with us on that Sunday and drink a little bit, bro. Let's watch a game. Let's watch the Gators play. You're going to have to say no. They'll tell you that balance is what you need in your life. No, not if you want to be successful when others are putting in the same work or more. See, you've got to understand this. Whatever dream that you're chasing at this point in the world, there's somebody else chasing something damn similar to it. And so if you want to go ahead and make it, you've got to put in the hours that other people are unwilling to put in. I see people every day that want to start a podcast. Rarely does a couple of days go by where someone doesn't ask me for advice on their new podcast that they want to start. And the advice I always give them is simple. 
how about you just put in 30, 40, 100, 200, 300 episodes, and then ask me for some advice. Consistency, day in, day out, understanding that things are going to suffer around you, that the balance will suffer because you're putting in time and doing things that other people are unwilling to do. While they look for the balance in their life, you will go ahead and balance your scale to one side and your hard work and your persistence will outweigh their balance. Maybe not, a, maybe not right away. Maybe somebody over here has some skills. They got real talent on this side. But your hard work over time is going to put that scale and it's going to tip it very slowly. And then at the end of that three, that five-year grind, you'll be so far ahead of where that individual is that they're not ever going to be able to catch you even with their talent. That's where the balance in your life, that's how you got to think about balance if you really want to make it and succeed ahead of where others are. Next, I want to talk about this. If you want to be great at your business, then be great at doing what you do. Let me rephrase that a little because I want to make sure I get this correctly for you all. If you want to be great, if you want your business to succeed, I should say, then figure out what you are great at and push all your chips in on that. The example is, let's say Aaron Rodgers, because it is football season right now. Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. Aaron Rodgers doesn't worry about how am I going to block for a great quarterback. He does what he does, and he focuses his energy on what he's great at. The team's job is to surround Aaron Rodgers with complimentary players who can show the world how great he is at doing what he does. Think about your business that way. If you have an Aaron Rodgers and you are the coach, don't try to find a bunch of Aaron Rodgers. Try to go ahead and surround that individual with people that complement their skills and allow them to be great at what they already are. Let me kind of bring this home for you a little bit so that you understand in your business. If you have a person that is great at sales, put an administrative team around them that allows them to only do one thing, sales, 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 sales. If you've got somebody that can put on a product, they can, they're, they're great at production or producing something, don't make them sell it. Don't make them answer phones. Don't make them bunch, type up a bunch of useless reports that take two to three hours of their day that they absolutely hate. Let them do what they are great at and your business will be more successful. If you're at a place right now where your business has plateaued or is going a little bit down right now, then take a look at what your all-star players are doing. Are you allowing them to do the only the things that they are great at? Or have you gotten away from it? Have you said, hey, listen, you're good at this. I need you to do this. Have you, please do this right here. No. Instead, get them focused on what they are excellent at doing and only on that. Get them laser focused on it. People are only great at a couple things in life. Let them focus on what they are absolutely great at. And the last couple that I have here, incredible stuff here if you are starting a small business that you need to be aware of and things that I wish people had told me. <laughs> I love this lesson. Actually, this is a good lesson for life. <laughs> it is better to keep your mouth closed. Let me repeat that. It is better to keep your mouth closed and for people to think you're an idiot than to open it and for them to know that you are. Listen, everybody can walk around if you're a business owner and think, man, that guy has no idea what he's talking about. And you very well might not have any idea. Many small business owners in the beginning feel like, man, I don't have a clue what I'm doing out here, but I'm just learning as I go. Okay, you know what? Cool. We've been there. A lot of people have. 
Don't show them. Don't make the people who are questioning you right. Don't try to be someone who is sitting there going, hey, I, I got to make my point. I've got to be heard. Where I see this most right now is on Instagram and Facebook, TikTok, comment sections, groups, people who start a business who think that they are making a difference by, I don't know, by getting onto a group and by saying, okay, I got this question about this or I'm dealing with this problem within my company. You may think you're doing right by getting other people's advice or looking like you care, but that is not going to help you. What it does is it shows people you open your mouth to show them, in this case through a Facebook or social media post, that you don't know what you're talking about. And individuals no longer have to question it because you've told them, you've even written it down, that you're lost. Keep your mouth shut. Let them think that you don't know what you're doing better than opening it and proving them right. Last two that I have here, right? Great ideas fail every day because people cannot communicate. There have been things that I've known in my life and things that I've wanted to do and things that I've actually thought were great ideas. This is me personally. But because either one, I didn't communicate them appropriately, or two, I was too scared to communicate them, too nervous to be judged for those ideas, they never happened. If you're going to be great at anything, then be willing and understanding to communicate your ideas effectively to others. Just because you have a great idea doesn't mean it's going to succeed. You must have the ability to convince others that your idea is one worth pursuing, one that they should get behind. And if you can do that, then you've got influence. And influence is powerful. Don't fail at communication. Communication is going to be what gets that idea off the ground and it's going to get people excited about buying from you and being a part of what you're trying to achieve. Communication skills are dying right now. People are so used to doing things through text messages and online that they are a skill that you need and that you should be cultivating every single day by uncomfortable situations that you put yourself in with, with people you don't know and then getting better at communicating those ideas to those people. It's going to be a skill that is, in, is going to be in high demand in the next five years. People are going to be lost with understanding, well, how do I get this point across? Well, you can with effective communication. And the last thing I want to say is this. You can want to have all the culture in the world in your company, but culture without process is nothing but organized chaos. Culture without process is nothing but organized chaos. Because unless you have processes in place, your culture will fall apart. You can want people to, to take you seriously. You can want them to have a certain thing within your company. But unless you have processes in place that keep that consistent, then you're going to fail and your business will be in chaos. I tell you the example I use all, often is you can tell everybody that, hey, you know what? We have a thing here where everybody gets one week of vacation. You can tell everybody, man, we've got a great company culture. Everybody gets one week of vacation. But all, you know, hey, listen. And so what happens though is somebody goes in and applies for that vacation, but they apply a little bit too late. Maybe they just, you know, there's a week where they're not able to get off because it's a Christmas week or something. And you deny them that vacation. Well, why? Well, you didn't have a process in place that said, hey, there's no Christmas vacations this week. You didn't have a rule set in forth that you didn't get everybody to say, hey, listen, we're going to do it this way. And so because of that, now there's disappointment in your company. 
because you never had a process for how do you ask off for that vacation. Now it's inconsistent. One employee thinks that you don't have culture, and the other one who gets off the, the week of Easter, he thinks that you do. All because you don't have a process in place for how somebody can ask off of work. Process is going to go ahead and breed culture, not the other way around. Make sure you keep them straight or you're not going to have any consistency. And I assure you, your employees are not going to be happy. So there you go, everybody. Those are the things right there that I wish I would have been told about small business. Started back when I was in college. Like I said, wish somebody would have told me, hey, listen, that liberal arts business degree you had, that was going to be a real waste of time. Should have done four years and just worked in a restaurant. I'm telling you, I would have learned a lot more and used it today more than I do that, uh, that Excel class, CGS 1000 that I took my freshman year. All right. Until next time, everybody, this is right here is some great stuff for your small business. You like this stuff, make sure you subscribe. If you don't like it, hey, listen, you know, make sure you subscribe anyway and give me some crap down in the comments section. Look forward to hearing from you guys next time. This is The Patrick Carr Show. Until next time, everybody, make it a great day.